Welcome to Uncontained episode 93. I'm Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, I talk with the host of the podcast, Pubcast Worldwide. Chris Lukey is my guest today, and his show is really cool. He goes and talks with other creatives doing their own thing in bars around the country, actually around the world. He just recently went to London and did an episode from the Brew by Numbers pub. And he gets into the story of how that got set up. And he shares where he got the inspiration for the show, along with some great stories that uh, he's had from doing pubcast worldwide that is all coming your way on this episode of uncontained christmas is just around the corner yeah thanksgiving's just a couple days away now so what better gift to get people for the holidays than uncontained so you can uh, get them t-shirts coffee mugs and all that stuff at tpublic.com and give the gift of living uncontained for Christmas. Yeah, that was a little cheesy. But hey, I got to move a little bit of merch and get the word out there. So please, if you're feeling in the spirit of the holidays, pass on uncontained. Now, I won't keep you waiting any longer. This is my conversation with the host of Pubcast Worldwide, Chris Lukey. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing great, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. Sorry I don't have any beers to go around here, but I know you're <laughs> used to doing that in your podcast. So You, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with a night off from beer given that <laughs> I do a series around that. It's it's a welcome uh, evening of just water for me. So it's like water cast <laughs> worldwide today. Exactly. But, uh, you do have a really cool concept to your show. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard it yet, I suggest you look it up on iTunes or whatever pod player your favorite one is but uh, you go around you travel to different locations and talk to people over a beer exactly that's and, that is the the easiest way to sum it up <laughs> and that that's you know a lot of people just want to go sit in a bar have a conversation and you do that for your podcast that's really awesome so how did you get started doing pubcast worldwide sure so to give you a bit of the backstory i was doing a beer related series at my day job i work as a, a sales guy for a tech company okay um, and we do a video series where we talk about tech updates over a beer and really what what brought the pubcast to fruition was i thought to myself if i were doing a side hustle a passion project on my own what would it look like? And I thought, well, you know, Anthony Bourdain's got a pretty sweet job. I've heard people <laughs> say if I could have any job in the world, I'd have Anthony Bourdain's job. And I'm like, well, what could I do that would be along those lines? So I'd, I'd always wanted to do a podcast. Um, it was a medium I hadn't necessarily tried before, but I'd done some radio related uh, activities in college. And okay. The premise was, you know, talk to an influencer, an entrepreneur, a traveler over beers in an interview at a bar to make it more of a candid discussion, something, you know, a little more open and in many ways unfiltered where you'd be able to dive into a conversation in a way that you might not be able to do it over a Skype connection, for example. Yeah, yeah. The, it is always better when you're kind of in that, that personal space. You can feed off of each other opposed to just staring at a computer screen you mm -hmm. know so that that is always 
always a nice aspect to the conversation to bring. And, you know, the beer helps loosen people up, I'm sure. <laughs> Definitely. We, uh, we usually, I, I tell people when they're going to be on the show, episodes are usually like, you know, 40 to 60 minutes or, you know, two to three rounds if you're measuring it and how much we're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So they, they know what they're getting into going into it. Um, so what, what is it that uh, created the passion for, for beer to go and do a podcast about it? Yeah, so I'm, I'm originally a, a Midwest guy, despite the fact that you and I both live out here in the Bay Area yes. now. Uh, I call St. Louis home still. That's where I grew up for the first 18 years of my life. And brewing and beer was kind of always in my, my family's legacy or heritage, so to speak. Gotcha. So, uh, my grandpa and his brothers all worked for the, the brewery in St. Louis. And in St. Louis, we just call Anheuser-Busch the brewery. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that we've got a great craft beer scene there now. And then college took me up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which... Uh, essentially is the other big notable beer town <laughs> in the United States yeah. if we're talking the traditional macro brew uh, macro brew behemoths. And, and then you got Colorado, right, with like Coors. You do, you do, but Miller bought them, so it's kind of like that got overshadowed a little bit. Gotcha. But there's a nice Anheuser-Busch brewery up there in Fort Collins as well, so they've got their their territory there. But, uh, you know, I even actually I worked for Anheuser-Busch uh, during my first, like, official engineering job my my background is engineering and that was my first gig while i was in school was doing some work for them so beer was you know as i was of legal age and then in my family's history always something that was kind of there and i've always been an event planner kind of a party planner okay and naturally that's a big part of that so it's just one of those social elements where Beer was kind of the perfect, maybe emblem, if you will, or something to build a show around. And, and you know, on Pubcast Worldwide, we're certainly not limited to beer. We'll do cocktails. We'll do other beverages. But that does seem to be the, the way it gravitates towards more often than not. Right on, right on. And, uh, yeah, I heard a couple of different episodes. I heard one with uh, cocktails in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it's good to have a little diversity in your drinking, too. But uh, what is it? What is your favorite type of beer? Ooh, good question. And that, that answer changes over time. I would say, in general, the styles that I've historically loved the most are stouts or wheats, okay. kind of two different ends of the spectrum. You know, if we're talking like individual beers that are some of my favorites, I've got to hand it to a a beer in Milwaukee called River West Stein, brewed by Lakefront Brewery. It's just one of the best, fullest ambers that I've ever come across. And it's always my go-to when I'm back in Wisconsin. Currently, I'm really digging a lot of the uh, hazy, juicy New England-style IPAs. Okay. Uh, Maybe a, a bit more fruit forward with a bitter finish. And there's a brewery down not too far from here in Monterey called Alvarado Street Brewery that churns a, churns them out very, very well, does a good job with that particular style. Right on. I'm kind of more into, like, say, a lot more like the darker beers and the wheat beers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the IPA, I'm not a huge fan of that bitter finish, that, that bitter taste to it. Mm-hmm. But I like the... I, I do like beer with flavor as far as like old Rasputin's one that I've had out here that I've kind of liked. That's a great one, yeah. Um, and then I was in Germany last spring, mm-hmm. so got to like sample a bunch of like Hefts, and those were quite quite nice out there. Yeah, 
Yeah, IPAs can be a bit of a polarizing style. Just if you don't like the hops, then it's a it's a tough one to get into. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I hear it's an acquired taste. But uh, if anybody listens to your show, it'll be evident of one thing besides the alcohol. Um, it's the music. You always have a band playing playing music in the background, or you have uh-huh. their music on the show. So. What is your background in music? So, yeah, and this this is actually the perfect show to talk about that because I know a lot of the entertainers you usually feature are musicians. Um, I've played in a handful of just really low-key cover bands, one in high school, one in college, one when I was living in Houston right out of school. And performing has always been something that I've been into. I okay. love being on stage. And the way I looked at my podcast was a different way to provide a form of entertainment to an yeah. audience. Um, so the, really the music that I do in the show, and, and as you reference, I do just like a little snippet of like a kind of a fast punk song yeah. as the intro and outro music. So it's not a huge part of the show, but it's just a little element of my personality that I wanted to sneak in there, which um, even though it's such a minor part of the show, like it's nothing that if you're not a fan of punk rock, you're going to tune out to be like, oh, this song is terrible. Like, it's <laughs> over, you know, that it's over in like five to ten seconds before we get into the dialogue. But I've I've ended up interviewing some breweries where they've come across me on Twitter or Facebook or wherever where they're like, oh, man, I love pop punk music also. And you do that in your show. Do you want to do an interview at our brewery? I'm like, sure. Why not? It's been, so it's just that it's just that another element and another way to relate to people. And and for me, certainly a fun little bit of my personality to throw into the show. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, what's your favorite pop punk band? Newfound Glory. Newfound Glory historically okay. has just been my, and it's not just my favorite pop punk band. It's my all time favorite band. And most people might be a little too embarrassed to admit to that, especially <laughs> when they're thirty years old like I am. But I have no shame in my love for pop punk. And the reality is, most people that know me know that. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So where do you find the bands for your show? Ooh, it's so it's funny. That's kind of evolved because what I try to do is I try to get a band that has a song about beer and really it's become a lot of like local bands that I'm featuring now. So if I'm doing an episode, let's say in Portland, I'll approach a band in Portland or I'll talk to the folks that I'm interviewing saying, hey, do you know any bands in Portland that might want to have their, you know, the intro of their tune featured on the show? A lot of time those are relationships that are just built over Twitter or email and it's you know fun way to give a, a little local band some exposure in the episode. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So, have you ever had a band on as a guest? Ooh, uh, it's funny that you bring that up. I have not had a band on as a guest, but the the, the guests that are typically on the show are a, any type of creative, any type of entrepreneur or someone that's been like a really long-term traveler, for example, someone that has that creative gene in them and also can talk to the the bar in the city that we're in. Yeah. And I've started to realize that bands are a pretty good connection to that as well. So while I have not had a band on the show yet, I can safely say that's going to be happening sometime within the next few months. And I've got a couple okay. that are in the hopper. And, and even funnier still, like if you look at the music scene and the beer scene right now, there are like these craft beer and music festivals going on too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's funny to have seen how that's evolved. Who would have thought space. beer and music go together? You know, I, I think people <laughs> just like beer. I think that's the thing. It's such like, it's not a very polarizing 
beverage. Mo- most people tend to enjoy it. And I think yeah. the fact that it, it goes with a social event or a party or in, in this case a concert has just been kind of a natural match. So you mentioned that uh, as far as guests go, you typically find somebody who is like kind of creative or very familiar with that area's bar scene. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go about locating these people? Yeah, so I, I, it's it's interesting because I've traveled quite a bit in my 20s. I just turned 30 this year. So I've been kind of building up a unique international and creative network. A lot of people that might identify themselves as digital nomads that work, you know, an online type of job that they can do from anywhere in the world. So over that time, I just built up a, a friend community of people that I would consider inspiring and interesting individuals. And through that network, I've been able to branch out and say, hey, I'm going to be in Portland or I'm going to be in Dallas or I'm going to be in Milwaukee. Do, who do you know that that has a great story that could share on the show and also would be able to talk to the food and drink scene in the area? So that's kind of how that's been the process so far. I, I can see that changing over time now that I've been doing the show for about a year. And I'm, I'd say I've, I've got some credibility under my belt now where it's easier to reach out to you know a bigger guest and try to get them on the show even if I don't have that relationship but that's been the process thus far is just kind of tapping into my existing network from having traveled around the world um a little bit during my 20s okay right on right on so um you mentioned you've been doing the podcast for about a year now, what has been some of the what have been some yeah what have been some of the challenges that you've come up against? You know, when I went abroad to do some episodes for the first time, I'll actually give you a little story. Um, I had a friend that was able to hook me up with interviews in Prague and Croatia. But when I landed in London, I'd been trying to find a guest for London. I was really struggling, so. I landed there. I had two days in town, essentially. Couldn't, you know, didn't have anyone lined up. So I ended up basically hiking around London with my podcasting equipment, going to the different breweries, trying to find at least some guests that could talk to the UK beer scene. Yeah. And on, I think, the second last day I was there, um, I ended up going to this brewery that was closed, but they happened to be building a raft out of kegs really? for like a regatta. And they're like, hey, sorry, we're closed today. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm a podcaster. I just wanted to see what you were doing, maybe do an interview. And they're like, sure, come in. We got all these beers and just turned into <laughs> a little hangout session. We got a got a great interview out of it at a the brewery's called Brew by Numbers. So if anyone's in London, make sure to check out Brew by Numbers. Okay. They're, they basically brew a new beer every week and since they're making them so frequently the only way to keep track of them is just by numbering them so the reality is it's just you know when especially when you're starting out you're going to get a lot of no's like not everyone is going to be on board with it but i think persistence is the lesson that i learned from that if you put in the work and enough hustle you can more often than not hit your objective and make something happen in this case an interview in a country where i did not know a ton of people yeah, so that that's really cool. I was actually 
that podcast is out now uh, that you're talking about, the London one. It is. I, yeah. I was actually listening to that today, so it's kind of cool, <laughs> that you, cool that you bring that one up. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. And he just showed up at this uh, at this brewery. I, was I like, did. Let's, let's do this. I, I will <laughs> say that is not my normal mode of operation for securing an interview. Usually I've got it scheduled weeks out in advance. We're going to meet there. People know when I'm in town, but that was a unique scenario where, <laughs> where my tenacity, I, I guess, paid off yeah it's, yeah so and you got that and you got that interview in london what what did you find out about the london beer scene you know it was what i'd say was most interesting about that discussion was our different perceptions of beer in in our respective countries because in my mind i'm very impressed with the london beer scene based on a lot of the beers that are in really high demand over here that are really hard to come by. They've got a lot of new breweries that have come up just in the last five years. Their beer scene really didn't get rolling until 2012. And so I was I was very admirable about how quickly they've caught up in, yeah. in the craft beer world. And what they were telling me is like, you know, hey, we're, we're, you know, we still have a lot of catching up to do to the U.S. Because granted, the U.S. has been doing craft beer longer, but... I think it was that mutual respect that we each had for what we were doing in our different countries that was most interesting about that discussion. Imagine that, America having more history, at least in craft beer, than someplace over in Europe. It, it is, it, well, it's, it's funny because it, a lot of the beers over in Europe are more traditional. You got a lot of cask beers that they're doing in London. Funny enough, London still has more like breweries per capita. I think it's like, you know, I can't remember the exact density, but they, they almost have double what we have in terms of the amount of breweries per people living there. Really? That's pretty impressive. Um, where is your favorite place you have traveled for your PubCast Worldwide interviews? Wow. Um, trying to pick a favorite. So up to this point, I've probably been to like 10 different metro areas in four different countries doing episodes. One spot that does stick out as a favorite, not not necessarily because of the beer scene, albeit it's very good there, is Colorado. Okay. Uh, Colorado's a bit of a home away from home. It's halfway between here and my original home in St. Louis, Missouri. I've got a lot of friends out there. And it was actually just a couple months into doing the podcast that I went there and I pre-scheduled a bunch of interviews. And I think I had four interviews in like a three-day period with some individuals that I consider pretty high caliber uh individuals in the travel space. Um, Aaron Outdoors, who's a photographer, Traveling Jackie, who's long long run a uh, travel podcast and a website called The Budget-Minded Traveler. So as someone that was just starting out and being able to secure these interviews in advance, that made that a pretty memorable trip and in terms of a pretty memorable spot for the podcast to date. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the Aaron Outdoors episode is another episode that I've actually caught. It was very interesting how she ended up. Didn't she fund her travels eventually through Instagram? She she's a she's big on Instagram. I I don't think she was funding it through there specifically. She's done. She's got her hands in a lot of different things. Um, she's done coaching. She's really focused on photography right now. She was a trip leader for a long period of time. Um, but she, you know, that was a case where there was kind of a a, a little bit of a theme in the type of guests I was having. It was a lot of folks that were very well traveled and had that under their belt, and was that was the focus of their entrepreneurial endeavors. But they all had something to share 
in terms of the lessons they'd learned along the way. Okay. These are folks that are no strangers to being on podcasts. And what was fun was I got to I got to sit down with them, got to drink with them. I also got to ask them some drinking stories in the process. That's another big part of the the episode. As much as we want to get to know someone and their professional achievements and that the advice that they'd have for our audience at the same time, we want to have a little fun with them yeah, and figure yeah, out, definitely. get some good stories out of them along the way. Any drinking stories you can share on this show that you came across on, uh, on your travels? Ooh, well, I don't want to throw any of my guests under the bus that I think people will need to, to listen to my show to get some of those, but I can give you a drinking story of mine recently All right, related enough. to an upcoming episode. Um, I just came back from traveling around Croatia on a little trip called the Yacht Week, which is, if you can imagine, this roving party of like 50 sailboats that just sail around the islands for a week off of Croatia. There's like parties on the islands every night, kind of like EDM style. It's a wild time. Um, anyway, so it's, it's something to definitely get out of your system in your late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. And on the last night, we were back on land in a city called Split. It's right on the coast of Croatia. And we were having our final farewell party. And needless to say, I had a, had a handful of drinks. Like, the party didn't end till like, 3 or 4 in the morning. Anyway, I'm leaving, I'm leaving to fly to Prague the next morning. And I get on my bus that night, which I thought was my bus home. And <laughs> I decided to – I don't know if I decided to or not, but I took a nap on the bus regardless. And I wake up maybe 30, 45 minutes later, and I look at my GPS. I'm like, huh. We're not going to split. We're going. We're definitely going in the direction of Zadar right now, which is definitely more than a few hours up the road. Yeah. So I come to my senses pretty quick, and in a mild panic, I'm like, "I'm going to. Z- I'm going to Zadar. I don't know how I'm going to get home." Talk to the bus driver. First of all, he ridicules me because he's like, "I told you this was not that bus." I'm like, "I'm sorry. I'm not in the state <laughs> to make those decisions right now." But he's like. Lucky for you, we're not going all the way to Zadar. I'm turning around here in a little bit, and we're going to stop not too far from Split, but you're going to have to have a fun little cab ride and a cab bill home after that. So I'm like, all right, that's good. So got back got back to the boat that night, got a couple hours of sleep, and funny enough, I finished my podcast interview that I was doing while I was in Croatia that morning and so that people are excited to listen to episode 25 when that comes okay. out. I was a little slow that morning at the end of the episode. I <laughs> not gotten a lot of sleep while still consuming a Bloody Mary to wrap up the show. So that was one of my latest uh, misadventures with drinking, but fortunately one that worked out well in the end and resulted in a good story. There you go. Those are the best kind right there. So what advice would you give to somebody who is looking to get started podcasting? Absolutely. So I think the biggest piece of advice I would give is don't get hung up on the equipment or don't get hung up on the, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to know this or have practiced this before launching a, a show. When I launched Pubcast Worldwide, I, I had an idea of what I wanted to accomplish with the show, and I bought two like cheap Logitech USB microphones okay. that I think totaled up to like 60 bucks total, and I just popped those into my laptop and brought those to the bar, and I recorded my first episode with those. So, And where I think people get stuck when they're trying to start a show, there are so many of these prerequisites that they have built out in their mind that actually aren't the case. The biggest thing is to do it with 
what I'd say kind of the bare minimum to still do a semi-professional setup. Yeah. Figure out if you like it because after doing three episodes, someone might discover, hey, podcasting isn't for me. I'd rather do a video series, whatever that may be. And that's fine. It's great to figure that out early in the process. Yeah. And then once, once you kind of get that idea, it's like, hey, this is something I'm going to do. That's when you invest in it. And then, and I, I do mean invest in it, not just in terms of money, like to kind of upgrade your equipment a bit, but try to keep becoming a better interviewer. Look for different ways you can up your guests, up the questions you're asking. That would be my advice. So you were asking how to start, and I kind of went into how to start and then how to continue. But that, <laughs> no, no, that would, that's that cool. would be Just, where where I would that where I would go with that answer. It's good to get advice all the way through. So yeah, like myself before I started, like I was hung up on something that really in the long run didn't even matter because I thought it was something that was way more complex. It was like, mm-hmm. I was like, I got to learn how to make an RSS feed. Yeah. And stuff like <laughs> that. I remember and that like, struggle too. And it's like, what, what, what all is an RSS feed? And really it's created for you. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is copy and paste it places sometimes. So other than that, you don't have to worry about it, but yeah, it's easy to get swallowed up with everything that you could possibly imagine that you would need but Mm -hmm. start with the basics i agree definitely okay so what are you doing to uh promote yourself right now chris yeah so i I was i was thinking about this the other day because marketing the show is something that I'm, i'm constantly looking at but i think the biggest thing that i've done well so far is I focus on my audience on a one-on-one basis. By no means is Pubcats Worldwide the Tim Ferriss show. It is not getting thousands (laughs) of millions of downloads per episode. What I do have at this point is, you know, I would say a few hundred fans on a consistent basis that really enjoy the show, that are engaged in content on Instagram, on Twitter, that are asking me questions, that are talking about how they like the show. I pay attention to those audience members as if they're the only audience member I have okay because I want to make sure that the people that are listening know that I'm there appreciating that they're listening to it enjoying the content and I'm honestly trying to give them the content they want to hear as well those are the type of folks I ask hey what do you want to hear more about on the show and I think for kind of going back to your starting off question that's a big thing that anyone even if you don't have a brand or an audience built up in advance that you can do to differentiate yourself early on is really paying attention to the guests that you have because you'll hear a lot of guys like Gary Vaynerchuk talk about it like when he started he didn't have an audience either. He worked it up one by one by one. Yeah. So, all right. So what do you want to pay attention to with your guests? So you're like, pay attention to the type of guests you have. Mm-hmm. What do you want to look for in a good guest? Uh, yeah. So as, as far as guests goes, the first thing I'm looking for is a someone that has a good story. You know, it's great if the guest has an audience and can help co-promote, but what I'm really looking for is someone that can share some unique knowledge around what they're doing in their creative field and also be fun in the capacity of being able to talk to like the restaurant scene, the drinking scene, yeah. and, and what we're drinking in the episode as well. Okay. All right. Cool. So, um, what would you say? We already heard a, a drinking story from you. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you say a highlight or two would be from from your? You said just over a year doing a podcast worldwide. 
I think the thing I'm I'm gonna give you a bit of a general answer because I've talked to a couple of them so far. But if I think back holistically on doing this for essentially recording episodes for a year and having released them for about nine months now, is the fact that it's been a grind sometimes. There's a lot of hard work that goes into it, whether that's producing an episode, staying up late to get it out on time, trying to secure a guest in a city where I might know not know a ton of people. But I look back on that whole process and that whole journey, and I love every second of it. It's like, because I think to myself, you know, two or three years down the line, if someone is if it's easier to secure guests if people are approaching me more often to be yeah. on the show like i'm gonna look back on where i'm at right now and be like that was freaking cool like the, <laughs> uh, like i and i think part of it is just like my day job being in a career in sales like i love that hustle i love that grind so just you know looking at that process and thinking wow one year ago i showed up to vesuvio which is a cocktail bar in san francisco with a computer, two microphones, and one of my friends that's opening a hostel. And to think <laughs> that from there, I've traveled essentially around the world to do interviews, talk to a bunch of people that I never could have dreamed of speaking to before, just thinking about that whole process and everything that's gone into it along the way, that's been my favorite part. That's what sticks out. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So the connections that you make and people that you see. Um, now, you mentioned that you keep on mentioning that you started out with a computer and mm -hmm. two cheap USB mics. Yep. Now, what equipment are you using, especially for recording live in a noisy bar? Excellent question. Um, what I use now is the, I'm trying to think of the specific name. I think it's um, it's audio. It's some Audio Technica headset microphones, and then okay. I record on a mobile recorder. Actually, the same mobile recorder you and I are using today, the, right. the Zoom Six, and they actually have some noise canceling capabilities. Um, it doesn't get rid of all of the background noise, but the reality is that's the, the nice expectation I have on my show is since I'm recording in bars, people expect a little background yeah, noise. Yeah, and the, it kind of adds a little atmosphere to it yeah, as well. So. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, these people are having a conversation at a bar versus, you know, in a studio. So it, it kind of plays to my advantage that it makes the sound quality expectation a little lower. But I do use some noise-canceling dynamic headset microphones, not only to uh, eliminate the noise, but if I have a guest on the show that might not have been on too many podcasts before, it's nice to have their mic positioned, you know, and in a fixed location on their head rather yes. than having a handheld microphone that might start moving all over the place yes, after they've had a beer or two. I, I understand that completely. All right. So now what do you want your listeners to take away when they hear your show? What do you want them to remember about Pubcast Worldwide? What I really want my audience to get out of an episode is for them to know that I made it with them in mind. I do an intro every episode where I say, hey, these are the three things you're going to get out of this interview. Whether it's you're going to learn about the London beer scene, you're going to learn about starting up a remote business. Um, I always make sure they know what they're going to get out of it so that they can be like, yeah, I want to listen to this episode. Okay. Or they can be like, no, I just want to skip ahead to the next one. So I really do. I really do that as a way to, to kind of guide my guests early on through the story of the episode we're going to go into. But also, um, I want them to know that I put 
everything into that because I, to be honest, I probably put a little more effort than I should into post-production. It's a bit of a flaw as a perfectionist, <laughs> but I do want them to listen to something that they're like, you know what? That was really well done. That was a well-crafted story. I want them to feel like they kind of knew what they were getting into, maybe had a, a couple surprises on along the way, but met the objective of the show by the end of the episode. Okay, awesome. Did we talk about the structure of your show yet? We did. We did not actually. This would probably be a good. We time should to probably do it. jump into that instead of like wishing we did talk yeah. about it. So, uh, want to give people a little bit of uh, how your show is laid out? Yeah. So, uh, and, and that's that's a great point, Aaron. Because uh, to be honest, I think there is a bit of a an element to my show that sounds like it doesn't necessarily have one solid theme, but what is consistent is the format of the episode. So, I'll do a quick intro every time, recorded after the fact, but. We always start off talking about the beers and where we're at or talking about the beverages and the venue that we're at in the city that we're in to really set the tone of the environment that we're in. Then we go, I go into introducing the guests and we get into what I call like the meat of the conversation. We really get, uh, get to know them, what they do professionally, what they do from a travel standpoint, from a creative standpoint and how that's impacted them. And I try to ask, you know, three to five questions that I'm really interested to know about from them. Because I think the biggest thing to, to impact a good interview is asking questions you're genuinely curious about. Yeah. And then by that time, you know, our drinks are a little low, so we take a break and we come <laughs> back in and we have a little fun. I call the second half of the episode the tipsy talk because we've got one beer under us. We, uh, we get to know them a bit more from a personal level. That's where we get a drinking story. We might talk a little bit more about, you know, what they do, what they've done in their travels. Because a lot of, funny enough, I don't know if it's just something about creatives, but a lot of creatives have been to a lot of different spots. And that creates yeah. a lot of good dialogue around the show. So the, probably the easiest way to think about it is it's it's kind of a travel show mixed with your typical influencer interview show. Okay, cool. And I... I- you mentioned earlier that you liked what you mentioned earlier that you liked what Anthony Bourdain did and like he has the television shows and stuff. Yep. This is a podcast that I could actually see turned into a television show as well. Like because the reason Fingers is, crossed. The, <laughs> the reason I'm saying this not to like throw out like all this pressure on you or anything like that, but because people will be able to see the beers that you're drinking. Yeah. Because people will be able to see the atmosphere that you're sitting in. Um, like a lot of other podcasts, it's not necessarily essential that it's televised. But mm-hmm. I think your podcast would actually fare well um, with the television and video aspect of it. There, There is a visual element that I, I wish we could do more of. I think part of it is, and th- this goes back to the point of not necessarily being able to make something perfect from the get-go. Yeah. Right now, it, it's kind of a one-man show. Like, it's me and my guests, so I'm doing all the production, the scheduling, um, coming up with the interview questions. So... It's it's really one of those things where right now what we're doing what we're doing for video is like the occasional Facebook live like if we're in the right part of the bar where there's not too much background noise we'll we'll get that on video. Okay. But that would be a fun next phase to get into and I, I'd be lying if I if I told you that that has um, that that has crossed my mind a couple times so far. So I'd like <laughs> to, I'd like to get to that point at some yeah at, at some time or another. Okay, so I only have uh, one more question left for you. Okay. Uh, but before we get to that, um, where can people find you? Where can they find you online? 
Yeah, so the best spots would be pubcastworldwide.com because that's kind of the central hub for the show, and that's pubcast like a pub spelled out. And there you can subscribe to all of the different channels where the podcast is at, whether that's uh, TuneIn, iTunes, Stitcher, all that's there. Also, the show notes are there and links to all the social media. Um, if I were to highlight a couple social media spots, I'd say yeah. Instagram is the most visually stimulating spot because you'll get to see pictures of beers in unique locations around the world, whether that's in front of Big Bend or the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, and there's little audio samples there as well. And that's uh, Pubcast Worldwide just spelled out on Instagram. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. Um, so between those spots, the website and social media, that's where you can find me. Okay. I know we didn't talk about it a whole lot, but, uh, your, uh, tech podcast, where can people find that? Yes. So just to give a, a little more background on that, the video series is called manufacturing happy hour. So I work for a manufacturing technology company, uh, in my day job. And we basically talk about tech updates over a cold one in the course of like a three to five minute video. That's on YouTube, Manufacturing Happy Hour. If you search that anywhere on the internet, that's the first thing to come up. All right, perfect. All right, so it's time for the title question of the show, Chris. I ask this of all my guests. Okay. Chris Lukey, how do you live uncontained? I came up with a little phrase recently that I think plays in with the pubcast pretty well and how I live uncontained. Okay. It's, uh, it's a little silly hashtag that is craft your own life. Like okay. craft, you know, kind of a play on words with a craft beer, but really fig- like figure out what drives you, what you're passionate about, and find ways to enjoy everything you're doing because really the pubcast is still a side hustle it is not the only thing that i do with my life right now but i came up with it because it was something that i was insanely passionate about and from what we've talked about on the show the music the beer the interviews with interesting guests it kind of brought those all together as a way as an outlet for that creativity the other thing I'd say is, you know, we talked about just now my manufacturing happy hour video series. That was something I came up with at, at my day job to add another element of fun at work. And I yeah. think there's, I think one thing that I I, I really do with ev- everything I'm involved in is I just find a way to have fun with it and find a way to really enjoy it and build it around the things that play to my strengths, play to my interests, and just really allow me to enjoy life on a daily basis. So hashtag craft your own life is how i, like I live that, uncontained i like that hashtag craft your own life drink that up uh, <laughs> Ooh, that was a good one <laughs> yes uh so uh thank you for coming on the show uh it was really great talking to you i i enjoy listening to your podcast and i'll be waiting for the the tv show version of it uh, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just have to contact travel network about that one yeah, hopefully you know, they just, pick up the phone <laughs> it's but just, no man just call that tony bourdain guy and yeah you know, you guys yeah will. he knows me we're, we're tight <laughs> but man hey thank you for having me on the show i enjoy listening to yours as well learning well, about thank you sir. new new reggae bands pop bands you've got a good thing going on on your side of the microphone as well Thank you very much. I just have one final thing for you to do. All right. And uh, that is sign off the show. I'm Chris Lukey, and I live uncontained. 
And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to my guest, Chris Lukey, for coming on and talking about his awesome show, Pubcast Worldwide. Also, I forgot to say this at the top of the show, happy Thanksgiving to you all, and uh, go eat lots of turkey, mashed potatoes and gravy, and all that other stuff that comes along with Thanksgiving. What are you having for your Thanksgiving that other people might not? Let me know. Hit me up at uh, Uncontained on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, tag it with Live Uncontained. And also, don't forget tpublic.com. You can get Uncontained t-shirts, mugs, and other great Christmas presents that. Until next time, as always, Live Uncontained.